out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Today I speak with my new friend Julie. I met Julie on Facebook and was intrigued with her posts, which I saw through friends' sharing and then befriended her that way. I really enjoyed her posts on her dog Luna and her recovery-related posts, especially those around harm reduction, as I know this can be a very controversial topic. Due to my intrigue, I decided to ask her to be our guest, and here she is. Julie can be reached on Facebook at Julie, that is J-U-L-I-E, Mac, M-I-C, Donald, D-O-N-N-E-L-L, and she's on Instagram at Jules McDonald. Her work website is tbhivk, which is www.tbhivk.org. This podcast is supported by the first layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Please also look out for information on my new book, Life and Non, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of the homepage. It costs 300 Rand without postage. Order from me in my shop, which is www.freddyshop.co.za or contact me on any of my social media platforms. This is Julie's story. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Good morning, Julie. How are you doing? I'm absolutely fine. How are you? I am well. All the better for you agreeing to talk to me on me in the field. And it's quite weird because I don't know you at all. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on a Friday morning. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. So what drew my attention to you was, I reckon you must be friends with friends of mine on Facebook. So I saw some of your Facebook posts and two things interest me, which made me befriend you and then you just intrigued me even more. So the one thing is that you have a most gorgeous dog and I love people who, I love people who love animals. So so that immediately attracted me to you. What is it? it it's a border collie, am I correct? Or, it or, is. It's, or, it's a, okay. Yeah, it is a border collie. Uh, his name is Luna and he is just the most incredible animal yeah he he i've had him since he was 10 weeks old and and we he's my sanity as well as yeah he's just he's part therapy dog he comes to work with me he drives in the car with me he goes walking with me every day so yeah he's my sanity and 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 it sounds like a soulmate (laughs) well yeah if there was such a thing Uh, with dogs yeah (laughs) well i definitely had that with my with my 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 cat who passed away in december tyson was absolutely we had a soul connection that I've never experienced with anything else, which is very, yeah, very... Absolutely. So when, when he passed away, I cried far more than I cried for my father who passed away earlier last year. So, um, oh, that I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> I think our fur, our, fur, our fur family is, is sometimes easier to negate than, than our human I, family. I hear you. I hear you. And the other thing that interested me was, I think the first post that really piqued my interest was you posted a 
something about harm reduction therapy in terms of drug treatment? Sure. I believe very strongly in harm reduction. I don't see it as an alternative to abstinence-based recovery. I I believe that there is a place for everything in recovery, but some people are not necessarily ready to embrace abstinence. So we, I believe that the most important kind of care facility or treatment that we can offer to anybody who's using substances is to reduce the risks and the harms that they bring to themselves and those around you. And that is the, the kind of ultimate principle of harm reduction. It is accepting people where they're at. Uh, we're, we're not expecting them to be abstinent. Uh, we're, we're asking that they consider their substance use uh, and the impact that it has on themselves and those around them. And we look at ways in which we can reduce the harm. Cool, cool, cool. That's interesting because I'm obviously, well, not obviously, I'm in recovery from various things. You can put the alphabet down and, <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> yeah. and I got my recovery through the 12 steps. And okay. when, I, when I became a counsellor, it was very much kind of the 12 steps is the way to go. And yeah. then, when, then the first time I met my supervisor, my supervisor said, well, the most important thing about counselling is you meet your client where your client is. It was strange because I wasn't taught that in my counseling. Yeah. No, we're not, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. And and she said, you know, and and that means that if your client's not ready to stop, then you then meet them where they are. Work with them from there. So it was a very, very interesting mindset mind shift that that I had to make. And I I, I still often go through a kind of a I can really call it an existential crisis where I'm I'm very involved in NA and in SAA and either CODA and AA and all those those type of things. So I nearly feel as if I'm I'm betraying them in a way. <laughs> but, but 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 I do I, I do hundred percent believe what I do is is I I, I I need to meet the client where the client is. And if the client's not ready, let's let's work for that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And where harm reduction is different to the Minnesota kind of module is that we don't say the client has to do anything or should conform to anything. We say, where are your goals? What do you wish to achieve? Yeah. Do you want to reduce the amount you're using? Do you want to stop using completely? Do you want to continue using, but you know, you find a way in which you can uh, prevent communicable disease sharing, uh, yeah. uh, or you know, what is it that you want to do, and how can I help you? Uh, that's the kind of foundation and providing that we're moving towards something that reduces the harm to the person and their immediate you know community around them you know that's our goal is to to be showing them that they don't you know nothing is wrong whereas um you will possibly disagree uh but but are we some of the people i've have counseled have been through na and have found that it's fairly punitive especially for people that have um other kind of mental health conditions which make abstinence quite difficult and we don't we're starting to see that there's some people that (laughs) are good uh that there's some people that just for for which na and aa and and other you know kind of 12-step programs just don't work and we have to acknowledge that and and so we're kind of saying that we still need to be able to provide some kind of care and treatment for the people that are not able or choose not to engage in, in you, you know, the, the kind of NA and AA process. Absolutely. And that I found that process very interesting in my own sex addiction. Where, okay, yes. 
where I would, I would, I would actually not feel guilty or ashamed yeah. until I walk into the rooms of SAA. Yeah. And yeah. it was only in that context that I was kind of told that you should feel guilty and ashamed. I don't. <laughs> that's, that's stigmatizing. And, and that is exactly. what we really and, want to move and, away exactly. from for anybody yeah. who has, has any, you know, I'm also cautious of the word addiction um, because I think it's, it's overused in the wrong context. So, but for anybody that has behavioral issues that they feel are creating some kind of chaos in their life, they need to be able to look at it without feeling uh, stigmatized about it, without being ashamed about it, just to be able to look at it and say, hey, I feel like maybe this isn't right. And and not to be judged harshly and told, right, well, best you get yourself to a meeting every day, find a sponsor, you, you know, just kind of going gently and saying, hey, okay, what is it that's chaotic about it? Let's look at that. Yeah, I understand that completely. For some of the reason, I thought that you were British, but... Then this morning, I, I did a bit of snooping around just to get a little bit more information. I see you, you were actually a Cape Townian. You, you had your schooling in, in, in Cape Town. Yeah, born and bred uh, in Hart Bay in Cape Town. Okay. Um, I did live in Scotland for two years. Uh, okay. I have strong uh, Irish roots, so I, I okay. do travel uh, to Ireland once a year when I can. Um, yeah, so, so, but I am South African, born and bred in Cape Town. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And... With, with the Irish and the and the Scottish and the South African, was there a a a, a religious upbringing? Uh, interesting, you mentioned that. My father is a is a lay minister in the Anglican okay. Church. Uh, okay. I personally don't subscribe to religion um, at oh. all, but I do believe I'm deeply spiritual. Um, I practice a lot of spiritual. What what I considered to be spiritual practices um and and i think you know there in terms of the kind of na model i do do my just for today because i think there's something very important around that i think it's more as a mindfulness and a grounding tool for me Um, so i do definitely believe there is a god of a higher power in my life but it definitely does not conform to the churches and the norms of organized religion. <laughs> I hear you. I, I'm, I am nodding ferociously <laughs> on, on, yeah. on, on, on this side of, of the line. And, um, yeah. what did, how did you, 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 you get to your counseling qualification or your, 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 how did you end up counseling and, and in the field that you are in? Yeah, it's a very interesting journey. Um, I started off in travel. I was a travel agent, uh, and okay. I <laughs> okay, so, yeah. so that's that, that's perfect for meeting me in the field because we're talking spiritual and we're speaking journey. So you have got the yes. journey starting the travel. Right. And you, right. <laughs> so, and, so you're perfect <laughs> for this podcast. I just knew it right from the start. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, and I'm a, and I'm a huge advocate for Rumi, by the way. I absolutely adore his poetry and oh, love the on again. So, so that's anyhow. That's a side note. Um, but yeah, I I was a travel agent, and during that period, I unfortunately lost someone close to me to a heroin addiction, and mm. I also befriended uh, a lady whose son died of a drug overdose, and oh. it just got me thinking that that, that there we. I didn't necessarily think then at the time I would go into addiction treatment, but that I wanted to be able to help people. Um, okay. I approached 
our local police station. I was living in Kirstenhof at the time, and I asked if they needed volunteers for, you know, anything. And they put me in touch with the trauma room. Um, and so I oh, did cool. kind of a basic training in SAPS trauma. And oh. the more I got involved with that, the more I discovered that I really liked being able to learn about people and how, what people's needs are and what they're, you know, I was then working obviously with the victims of crime. Yeah. And it dawned on me one morning that everybody's helping the victims of crime and nobody's helping the perpetrators of crime. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, okay, this is going to be a difficult thing to swing by people, but I really want to be <laughs> helping the the perpetrators so that we yeah. can try and reduce the overall crime. And I yeah. then um, approached somebody who worked with me in the trauma room and I asked, right, okay, what do I need to do? Who are the majority of the perpetrators? And, and what are we doing for them? Which led me then to considering the substance use issues in our local community, um, domestic violence, etc. So then I went to study. Um, I've got an Irish counsellor accreditation, which okay. sadly is not rep- uh, recognised by the Health Society uh, practitioners. Uh-huh. Yeah, but be that as it may, that bloody place. Anyhow, I have it. And I then, yeah, so I came back. I, well, I finished doing the, the training and I went on to start working, carrying on working in trauma. And then I branched off into addiction with, I did a few courses with Sean Shelley, who's a big advocate for, for harm reduction in South Africa. Okay. And yeah, we started a little. Um, at that time, it was a 12-step rehab in Steenberg area, servicing the, mm-hmm. the people in Steenberg and Lavender Hill. And we provided our patients for them, our patient care and group work. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of grew from there. We realized there fundamentally that there was this massive gap of people that were unable, who were living in impoverished um, communities that were exposed to trauma on a daily basis and they could not right. embrace the life they were living in an abstinent way and we needed to find a way to work with them where they could reduce the harm to themselves but not requiring them to be abstinent in amongst yeah. the society they're living and that's where it all began yeah and Whoa. since then it's been eight years and yeah I'm still in I still do private practice and and I work for South African drug policy now advocating for the rights for the for the improved rights specifically around healthcare and law enforcement for for the people that still use drugs. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What comes to mind? The one thing that popped into my head was quite early in my recovery I was asked once I was I got my recovery in Cape Town um, okay. in this CBD and I was invited to go and share at a meeting in, now let me try and remember where the hell that was, Manenberg? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was Manenberg. And the meeting was in a school, in, in a classroom in, in the school. And I got the weirdest feeling sitting in that room of, of there's something deeper, there's something more meaningful here than what I've ever experienced before. Okay. And speaking to the people after, after the meeting, what, what became apparent was that a lot of those people attending Narcotics Anonymous in that area live in houses where there's drug abuse and sure. alcohol abuse by family members. These people had no choice but to, to, to not 
engage with, 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 with drugs and alcohol and all, all those type of things. You know, uh, they say we need to keep ourselves safe, get, get rid of the people, places and things. Absolutely. And, and these people, these people had no choice, but they yeah. couldn't. So they Absolutely. had to find some form of sobriety in that extremely difficult space. And, and my, sure. subsequently, a friend of mine got invited as well, and I drove with him um, and we attended the meeting together because I really enjoyed attending that, that meeting. And yeah. after that meeting, the, I realized that the big, big difference between my recovery in Cape Town and the recovery that I saw in Manenberg was gratitude. Absolutely. That, 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 that I kind of felt that I, that I had a right to recovery. While, yeah. while, while what I experienced there was people working so hard for what they had and so yeah. hard for, for those skin days in very, very difficult circumstances. And they had absolute gratitude for that. And, and yeah. it was such a beautiful realization. For me, so I can completely get what what you say that to work on the harm reduction side of things, um, it is so bloody difficult in, in, in such difficult situations to, to to get the type of complete abstinence. So so let's see how we can help. So in the meantime, um, yeah, and 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 there might be people that because of mental health concerns and conditions, are and because they can't. I work largely with homeless population in, in Central Cape Town and Woodstock. Okay. They are constantly turned away from healthcare facilities because of the way they appear, because of the way they might smell, because, you know, it's yeah. terrible that we still have such stigmatizing in our public healthcare mm. centers. And so they never get the proper mental health care that they need. And as a result, they, many of them are using substances just to negate you know, their day-to-day mental health care. We've got people that are, are yeah. struggling with bipolar, ADHD. I often speak when I do presentations, I speak about in Cape Town specifically on the Cape Flats area and the, and the, and the impoverished areas is that drugs have become, they're not the problem there. They've become their solution there. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they have a drug solution and, and it's terrible, yeah. but that's what they found is that their escapism and their way from their problems is to immerse themselves in drug culture and the gang culture because it gives them a sense of belonging um, and a sense of being able to just manage the trauma that they're exposed to every day. Yeah. So did I hear you correctly that that mental health help is... (laughs) Sorry, it's kind of fucking with my mind here. So, So within the mental health community, there yes. is stigmatization of people with mental health because of the way because they don't present themselves in, in a way that that's um, acceptable to the mental health yeah. practitioner. And and the other side of the coin is that a lot of people that may present at emergency medical facilities like at Victoria Hospital or Hurtaskir, yeah. immediately if they are wanting to get mental health care, one of the questions they'll be asked is is do you use substances? And as soon as they say yes, they were like, well, you know, immediately their whole attitude towards them changes and they're not really interested in helping them. They see that as the problem. You know, go, go sort oh, out your word. drug issue. Yeah. Go sort out your alcohol oh, issue and then yeah. come back and then we can assess you properly. And and we really advocate that that stops. In Pretoria, yeah. we've got the COSUP, which is a community-based site specifically where we can address mental health care as well as physical health care needs of people who use drugs as well as homeless populations and and sex workers and other kind of key populations that we have in South Africa because there's just this desperate need to help these people that, you know, it's, I'm not saying that they won't get the care that they need from from our local public health care facilities, but 
a lot of the time they are highly stigmatized. They are not given the same level of care as yeah. people that that don't use substances. And I, I feel that that's quite unfair because if someone came in with, you know, another healthcare concern, for instance, diabetes or, or something along those lines, mm. they wouldn't be turned away or they wouldn't Absolutely. be told to go sit at the end of the line and we'll get seen to if we have time. So, yeah, there's a lot of shift that needs to happen in, you know, yeah. in the way that that our general Department of Health on a national level address the yeah. people who use drugs problem we have because it's growing. I mean, there's no way of denying mm -hmm. it that the substance yeah. use in our country is escalating. I love the fact that you use diabetes as an example. I do that a lot. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> and, and, and in order for the person to, to have a, a decent life, we, we, we need to practice self-care like, like a diabetic. There's certain things that, that they need to do every day, and that's, that's what we need to do every day as well. So tell me a little bit about the work that you do for, did you say the Department of Health? Uh, no, I don't work for Department of Health, um, but we do do projects in conjunction with Department of Health. Okay. So um, I work largely for a company called TB HIV Care, which are based yeah. all out throughout South Africa. Um, they are wonderful in terms of their approach to key population groups in general. So they don't stigmatize whether you're a sex worker, whether you're a homeless person or whether you're a wealthy businessman. If you need access to treatment for uh, TB or HIV, they will they will help you. Um, and okay. so we've joined forces with them all, um, to look at ways in which we can provide services to people who use drugs and ensure that they get the same. You know, the, the spread of hepatitis C amongst injecting drug users is greater than the spread of HIV amongst injecting drug users in, in South Africa. So oh. we are looking at ways you know, where we can reduce the spread of infectious diseases through yeah. um, needle syringe exchanges and programs like that. So okay. we do have to get the buy-in from Department of Health to allow those NSP programs, which is needle and syringe programs, exchange programs to, to happen and to take place, but they're not funded by uh, Department of Health in any way. We have to have private okay. funding for those programs. Okay. Yeah. Are there any, any such such successful programs running already, like in user exchange programs and those type of things in South Africa? Uh, well, we have been doing in Cape Town, in Chwani, in, in Johannesburg. We have okay. um, we have been running for almost four years now. Um, oh. They meet them on outreach as well, which is great. So instead of expecting people to come to us, we reach out to them. Okay. Um, we go out and outreach on various places throughout, yeah, throughout South Africa where we offer the needle and exchange programs uh, we were operational in Durban but unfortunately their uh, municipality has put a halt to that at the moment but we are lobbying it and advocating for it at high level we've got high level engagements going on around that so oh, cool. yeah yeah so it's it's so we, we're trying to just absolutely amazing work well, we're trying. It's not me. It's a team of us. Um, you know, we're, we're very lucky in South Africa to have a wonderful harm reduction community that really work together. And, and we've got some great stakeholders from, from police, from the law enforcement sector, Metro, as well as Department of Health, yeah. uh, judicial side as well. So we have got great support. The new National Drug Master Plan that's going to be implemented very shortly now allows for harm reduction in its program, which is a massive change. 
so yeah, there's there's exciting things. Our, our South African drug policy laws will will be changing for the better, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah, Are we just, moving closer to the to the Portuguese model? You think? Well, one would hope. Yeah, I I attended yeah. the harm reduction international conference in Portugal last year, um, and oh. it was wonderful. It's a great learning opportunity to see the work that's being done in Portugal. That yeah. they still have their issues. Um, okay. You know, it hasn't solved everything, uh, but they definitely have much lower. They have next to no overdose uh, deaths. They have very little uh, drug related crime. But yeah, that's that's a whole other discussion for a whole other day. <laughs> the decrim model is something totally different. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then, then we definitely need to make a date to to, to have a conversation on the decrim <laughs> model. Like, you you know what we ah you just you just got me going yeah. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm part of it. I'm part of another podcast. So okay. I'm, so my podcast is me in the field, and then I've got a friend who he has a podcast called Talking Orangutans. Okay. So, um, so we we combine ourselves in in a podcast that is called Orangutans in the Field, um, okay. which we haven't which we haven't <laughs> gone live with. But one of okay. the one of the categories that we that we're going to initiate is called threesomes, which okay. means that the two of us are going to have conversations with somebody else. About <laughs> <Fabulous>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I definitely think that we should get you. On on for 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 this type of conversation, um, deep crime, harm reduction, that that yeah. type of thing, that that will be a really really interesting conversation to to to, to bring to the people. Because yes. what we talk about is we don't yeah. talk about things that we find interesting, and we hope that other people will find it interesting as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. tell me about your your spiritual practices. What what do you do to? Because number one, really, what what I'm hearing is that you're doing a lot of of of, of well, as you say, you and the team. Um, a lot of really good work in very difficult situations. So what makes Julie wake up in the morning and, and think that I'm going to tackle this day? Where, where do you get your strength from? Where do you get your, your you sound like a wonderful, positive um, 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 person. So in difficult situations, what makes you get up in the morning and tackle this day? I think I'm blessed to work, be, you know, there aren't a lot of people that get to wake up in the morning and absolutely love the work that they do. Um, it's more of a passion than a job for me. And I think that's amazing. I'm I'm super grateful that I'm funded to do the work that I do. But, um, you know, for me, getting up and going to work is not a chore. There, there's certainly days that are more difficult than others. And sometimes I see things which I wish I could unsee. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but I'm I'm driven by a desire to improve the lives of people who struggle to improve their own lives um, and to help people walk a path that's that feels authentic to them because I've been there, a totally different set of circumstances, um, but my own personal journey has been more about unhealthy relationships that I've had. Wow. Um, and, and I've had to learn through, and I will give Coda its full due, I, I've had nothing but positive things to say about Coda as, as a model. Um, okay. And and I do still, you know, I think it's it's about waking up in the morning and saying, right, what can I do today for myself to make it the best day that it can be? Um, yeah. And they're not always great days, you know. I think we all have really shitty days in between, but for the most part, I I, I did practice my um, just for today or my serenity prayer. Actually, it's it's not my just for today. It's my serenity yeah. prayer. Um, and I and I do practice the coda one, which is slightly longer than the NO one. Yeah. And I believe that 
if I can just ground myself every morning, my dog and I go for a nice long walk every single day, and it's mm, the and way I... Beautiful I pictures of those walks. Yeah. So keep, them, keep them coming. That's it, and to just keep mindful as I'm walking, to breathe in, to breathe out, to inhale the good stuff, exhale the difficult stuff. And 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 similar to, to the kind of 12-step model, it, it is just a step at a time. You know, it's one day at a time, one step at a time, moving towards a better life for ourselves and for the people around us. Awesome. Are you on, on other social media platforms except Facebook? I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I try Twitter, but I'm not a very good tweeter i think that's the word yeah I, I'm, I'm not very i'm not clued up enough to do that kind of stuff so my i'm technically you, you are a bad twat <laughs> that's it i'm a twat i'm not a twat i'm a twat <laughs> I, hope, I hope that doesn't have a, a nasty connotation in english but anyway, I, 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 I just hide, hide behind the fact that i'm afrikaans i'm sorry I, didn't. I, think, I, I think we've all got to this point in our life when i actually don't care what other people might think they can think i'm a twat it's fine i'll take it <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram at Jules McDonald and yeah, Julianne McDonald on Facebook. Awesome, awesome. I will post links to that and keep, keep on posting these amazing positive things. You know, it, it, I really, really find it fascinating to get to, to follow people with with such a positive impact. Um, as I said, what, what what hit me about your postings and why I thought I wanted you on meeting the field was that that way of, of, of looking at life in, in, in such a positive way and, and, and making such a change. To, Thank you. I appreciate difficult changes in a difficult industry. So a last question that maybe not a last question because this is kind of negative is have you ever had flack from from, from your from your peers, your your, your top step peers saying that all the time. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. All the time. I was arguing with somebody on Facebook this morning around the, the, in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, and I, I belong to um, quite a lot of international consortiums because we work on evidence-based best practice for harm reduction. So, unfortunately, because it hasn't been in South Africa, we have to look externally to oh. to other international bodies. And um, one of them is American. And there was some they they approved earlier this week for a safe consumption space to be opened in Philadelphia, South Philadelphia. And okay. then there was such an uproar from the neighbors that they had to shut it down or they, they had oh, to wow. cancel the plans to go ahead with it. And I was trying to engage with people this morning to to understand what their meaning was, why, you know, what the meaning was behind that. Why did they think it would be not, you know, it wouldn't be a great idea. Yeah. And it ended up in a real backwards and forwards. And I had to kind of ground myself and say, you know what, this isn't helpful to anybody having this kind of discussion oh. on Facebook. And I excuse myself. Um, but, but yeah, the, you know, the, I'm constantly, well, everybody in the harm reduction field constantly takes black because there's a, there's a general misunderstanding around harm reduction is not saying go ahead and use drugs as you are. You know, we don't condone yeah. drug use per se. We don't con condone chaotic drug use behaviors. Yeah. Um, but we are saying that we acknowledge that there are some people for which for whom abstinence is, is not attainable. It's it's not an ideal, and we need mm -hmm. to be able to still provide care and treatment to those people. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 a very interesting quote for me, come, strangely enough, comes come from the AA Big Book, and that is yeah. the week that that quote by Herbert Spencer that which says, "Now I'm reading from the Big Book because it's lying here right next to me." Is there's a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, 
and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt before investigation. Yes. Yeah, so you know what? sure. Don't, don't, don't be, is, is the word like contentious before you've actually gone there and, and investigated and see what it is about and whether it can work or not. My, my whole theory in life at the moment is, what do I have to lose? Try it. What, what yeah. do I have to lose? Yeah. 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 You know, I think the word from my perspective would definitely be ignorance. And I think people that live in this ignorance is bliss cloud. That's fine for them if it works for them. But, the, yeah. you know, the, just if I've got two minutes, I'll just explain that the concept of the problem in Philadelphia was they were saying that they they can't have if they have the safe con consumption space, they're going to have all these drug users coming there. They're going to increase the number of drugs and overdoses in the area. There's going to increase the needles and syringes in the area. Um, you know, it's just going to be general chaos for the children. And what about the children having to witness that? And I responded saying, you know, you've, can we just put this into context? So the drug users are already there. And if they're homeless, means they're using in public spaces, which means yeah. there's a risk of discarding of their needles in parks where children Absolutely. go, on the beach where children go. Um, yeah. So if we have it in a safe consumption space, they will not be on the street. They will be dis go discarding of their needles and syringes in, in shops, containers. They will yeah. have access to, to healthcare so they won't be overdosing. They won't be calling out ambulances all the time. You know, there, there's a, it's just, it's a no-brainer for me, but I understand there are still a lot of people that don't understand it, the whole concept. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we face constant, constant opposition, and that's fine because we have the evidence to back it up. Yeah, so, I just want to say that but all evidence proved prove differently than, than those fears. But, um, yeah. but, but that, yeah. that's exactly that contempt before investigation because a close-mindedness just says no. Absolutely, I'm scared. It's exactly, fear-based yeah. thinking. Yeah. It's fair best very, thinking. Very, yeah. Very, yeah. very true. Awesome. Really, this you. was this I'm so glad we did this. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I feel I feel more open minded and more connected with alternatives. And that's the one thing that that we have to accept in life. There is hardly ever just one solution to a problem. Absolutely. If you look at an elephant, you're going to see from different angles, you're going to see eight different views of the elephant. Sure. And that's Absolutely. the case for any problem. There are very, very many different angles to look at a problem from. There's not just one. Absolutely. Edward de Bono speaks of the hats, the different hats that one can wear. And I think that's such a great analogy. You know, look at this problem with the green hat, then take off the green hat and put the blue hat on and look at the yeah. same, you know, look at the same problem. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much yeah. for having me today and for awesome. chatting with me. It's been great to share, to share with you and, and get to know you a bit I, better. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. absolutely adore Julie's passion for what she does and her commitment to make a change to the lives of many. She's really easy to talk and I think we hit it off well. I hope to have her on another podcast which will be launched soon, Watch the Space, where we shall probably discuss harm reduction and drug decriminalization. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor or on Twitter at at Freddy or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. You can also order my products. Those are my books as well as my badges, stickers, 
programs as well as my bracelets at www.freddyshop.co.za. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.